4: Super Bowl champion Sean King on v Prime Primetime.
5: We are off and running on a glorious football Friday in Las Vegas. The man, the myth, the legend rocking his two-lane green wave gear. College game day should be in New Orleans this weekend. They are not, so we, v Primetime, will get you properly prepared for the first matchup between ranked teams at Tulane since 1949, Sean King. November 26, 1949, the last time two ranked teams went head-to-head at Tulane, and we get it this weekend with UCF visiting the Green Wave. I'm fired up for you. Your former coach, Tommy Bowden, will join the show later on in this hour, so we'll have a little walk down memory lane two very prominent and well-known folks associated with with uh, Tulane. With I was hoping that you know Blake Bortles would call in. Blake, if you're listening, you want to call in, talk to the other side, that's cool.
6: Call in because bottom, this is the Tulane show now. So here's the issue. Dante you know, Culpepper? I'm really good friends with Dante, and I know Blake, but Central Florida was not in what was then Conference USA when True. we were undefeated. At the time, the conference USA was Louisville, Memphis, uh, Southern Miss, uh, Navy, I think was it. So it was. It did not include Central Florida. They were still D1AA at the time, which is now FCS. But I still would love a little trash talk. Right, but it's not like. We, but they're, you know, they're, they don't. We don't didn't play each other. They don't want to
5: call in. I mean, I,
6: I got an issue with the stat. Blake Bortles doesn't want to call I have an issue with the stat. What's like that? ESPN, it's one thing to not go to New Orleans for. Game day, but then you got to put a stat up where you need 12 filters. Tulane ranked at Tulane, opposing team ranked. Like, come on, man. Humans <laughs> like, only been in existence for about 10 years. We play, a game, <laughs> come on, man. They had to put in like 17 filters to come up with that. Well, uh, that just is- jump right past 98. Well, you guys—they could have said you uh, didn't play a
5: ranked team at home that year, right?
6: I mean, how many filters can I'm you just, put in there?
5: I think it's a pretty—I think it's a pretty cool thing. I don't. I'm pretty fired up. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, well, I just—I just think it hammers the home the point again that as exciting as TCU Texas is, whatever. Uh, I mean, they—they they, yeah. they,
6: they missed the boat. Absolutely. I mean, boat. 1949. I mean, less than five percent of the world was even alive then. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Is- At least give people what was I doing in '98? You know what was I doing in 2006? Like, come on, 49? Like that's like 18 filters. Well, uh, I'm fired
5: up to talk. By you the way, Tulane did
6: make a uh, like a, a video. So they do like a, a I uniform hope you didn't voice it. No, they- okay, thank God. <laughs> they do like a uniform reveal every 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 week. And so this one they did like uh, they played the characters of College Game Day. You gotta go check I'll it. I'll check that. It's out. actually pretty funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love it.
5: Uh, well, as mentioned, Tommy Bowden will join us later on in this hour. Sean's coach uh, from the magical 1998 season that uh, left the Tulane Green Wave ranked seventh in the final AP poll. 12-0 and got Sean, uh, should have got Sean invited to New York City, but uh, that's another discussion for another day. But we'll do that later on in this hour. Our own Dave Ross working overtime. On a Veterans Day. So we'll pay tribute to our own veteran here at VSIN. And we'll talk some UFC. A loaded card at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night. And uh, you know what I always say. When it comes to things like UFC, I just listen to smart people. So uh, Dave will break down that card for us. He'll join us in studio here in just a little bit. Jared Smith in studio as well. Sean will depart us for the final hour. Because he has a massive high school football game to call. Bishop Gorman, top five in the country. Taking on the local uh, public high school in my neck of the woods. So uh, Liberty, good, yeah. good uh, have a great call there. He'll be calling that with Kenny White, but we'll do our weekly check-in with Chris I'm, I'm kind
6: of jealous a little bit. In studio, is that correct? Who's that? Chris Andrews. No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, they. Right. I think oh. we
5: just carried that over there. No, we'll yeah. we'll, we'll chat with Chris normally. Like, uh, on the phone. Tell so, them how
6: you really feel, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, we got a big basketball slate uh, today. We got some. Uh, we got some aircraft carrier action. Gonzaga.
6: I'm thinking about pulling the trigger on Gonzaga. Mm-hmm.
5: They're
6: the much better team. They are. And they have the oldest player in FBS college Drew basketball Timmy. in Drew Timmy. Absolutely.
5: Drew Timmy is a smart man. Why would you go and ride around on a bus in the G League? No offense to the folks in the G League. Yeah, I, I make really, a couple
6: mil and stay in college. I really don't know if he's a G League player, but he could have went to Europe somewhere. Exactly. And had a great lifestyle. Well,
5: not he's making more money now for Gonzaga and a chance to maybe win a national title. We'll see. But uh, they are playing Michigan State. That game coming up bottom of the hour. A little college basketball bottom of the hour. Pretty good basketball slate tonight. Uh, we have uh, Houston in action, a team that I have a future on to win the national championship. Uh, they are playing in one of the cooler events that' has actually just started, uh, the Veterans Classic. It takes place at the Naval Academy. They do it each and every year on Veterans Day weekend. So we'll see third-ranked Houston in action. So a lot of uh, some interesting games. I know San Diego State in action late night tonight if you want to uh, get involved there. So uh, a lot, lot going on in college basketball, which is good to see. Kind of had a slow start. Next week is when it ramps up. Your Duke Blue Devils will take on Kansas. Yeah, you
6: know, at this time of year, I just take the advice of others when it comes to uh, college basketball. So
5: once again, uh, Sean, when you pull out your app, right, and Kenny White comes on our show and says, hey, I like Radford plus 18 and a half, which was never in doubt. And thank God my Irish have actually won the game. Make sure you you look. Radford starts with R. Notre Dame starts with A. N.
6: yeah sticks and stones will break my bones words will never hurt me <laughs> Yeah. well losing
5: money will hurt me i know
6: i mean i brought it up with derek well and he told why you. don't you have something on the app he told you what you and he told to me do. he said you it was the other side right but i mean i didn't want to i wanted to have <laughs> funds in the account to end game live bet panthers falcons oh man that Ma- didn't go well what were your bets on that one I thought Atlanta was coming back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They tricked me. They did. They tricked me. I'll be honest. They tricked me. It's all right.
5: I bet uh, Tulsa last night. So that was, uh, they also tricked me from the jump. Well, at least they didn't didn't fool you. (laughs) Like Atlanta
6: came out in the second half like, okay, you know, Arthur Smith had given like this Newt Rockney halftime speech and they were (laughs) ready to go. And I don't know what's going on with Mariota, but it might be time to go to the youngin'.
5: All right. We got a lot to get to. A busy Busy Friday, as it always is, but let's get to it like we start every show with a little bettable or forgettable. Officially, Sean, the Bills have announced that Josh Allen is questionable, so we still don't know. Uh, It certainly seems like, based off of the betting market right now, Sean, that Josh Allen will not play, but let me ask you this. Is there a point that you say, you know what, I'm going to take a flyer on Minnesota, because what if Josh Allen plays? It's Down to three right now. Open nine and a half, down to three.
6: Well, as the young kids say, uh, the Bills are trolling everyone. They're trolling their local media, the national media, and all the fan bases and betters across this great country. It's not coincidence. All of a sudden, once the cameras get inside of the indoor and they set the camera down and they zoom in, they get the picture perfectly right. Oh, now Josh Allen looks at the cameras. Oh, my God, they're in here. Let me pick up my stuff and run off. I mean, this is the ultimate troll, but here's what they're battling. As I mentioned yesterday, Josh is an A competitor. Like, he's an alpha dog. Like, he's the kind of guy, he shows up, you say it could beat him, let's go play right now. And um, I do think he's probably in some discomfort, and I think there's probably an internal conversation between the medical staff and the coaching staff and then Josh Allen. I'm sure as Josh has his way, he'll play. I'm sure the medical staff is saying, well, this is where it's at. This is what could happen in a negative way. This is what could happen positively. So they're trying to balance the pros and cons of the importance of this week's game, but also the rest of the season. Because I know popular belief is the Bills have run away. They have not gone anywhere. The AFC is super competitive. It's about, I think, 10 or 11 teams right now within a game, game and a half. So, all of these games matter. We'll see. As far as bettable or forgettable, I, if you like the Vikings, I probably actually would wait because if Allen doesn't play, then I'd take the Vikings' money line. If, if you like the Bills, I'd take it now with the belief that Case Keenum has proven adequate as a backup. And if you get Josh Allen unexpectedly on Sunday, then you have a better line than the, I think, six-point number that was originally there. Yeah, nine-and-a-half was the original number. It was all the way at nine-and-a-half.
5: Yeah, down to three. Uh, Also for the Bills dealing with other injuries, Jordan Poyer and Greg Rousseau are all ruled out for Sunday as well. So the Bills a little banged up. They are at home, of course, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Another quarterback injury, Kyler Murray, Sean, is uh, considered a game-time decision. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Cardinals are taking on the Rams, and uh, Matthew Stafford, remember, he popped up in concussion protocol on Tuesday. He is listed as questionable, bettable or forgettable with the quarterback uncertainty in this Cardinals-Rams game on Sunday. Well,
6: unfortunately, I dvr hard knocks on Wednesday, and I won't have an opinion on this game until I watch it. Uh, i have a notepad i'll be taking down everything body language uh what they're saying and what they mean so I'm not going to partake in so for me this is incomplete okay if it becomes a battle of the backup quarterbacks and i do think Colt McCoy has a much more sturdier resume than anybody on the Rams current roster
5: couple 2 and a halfs out there still for the Rams. If you do like the Rams at this point, some threes out there uh, in favor of the Rams as well. So uh, we will keep an eye on that. Some other players uh, that have been ruled out for Sunday, uh, Keenan Allen has been ruled out, uh, Mike Williams, Eric Armstead, Ryan Tannehill, Sean, is listed as questionable, still dealing with that ankle injury that held him out of last uh, Sunday night's game against... The Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee this week um, in a spot against Denver at home where they're laying
6: two and a half. Well, Tony right Hill now. should be back. I have people that they say he's practicing. I think he's back. The game that I think you have to fade is the Raiders. Jeff Saturday gets a win in his first game as head coach
5: well the market is moving that way the public's not betting it but the market has moved that number down to four Blake and a Martinez
6: half. retired uh Diablo is out Waller Hunter in for an hour but you've got to listen to what Devontae Adams said what did he say got to go check it out it's bettable information and it's not taking the four and a half with the Raiders <sighs> Saturday and Sam that's what we got Sam Ellinger and Just
5: Saturday, UFC monster card on Madison Square Garden. We talk about it next.
4: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the sports betting network.
5: For terms and conditions, must be 21 or older. physically located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Alongside at Tulane Green Wave great Sean King, I am Tim Murray, and we welcome in a man that has many ways to describe him. But most importantly, <laughs> most importantly... I don't know on, if that's good or bad. No, no, no. <laughs> but most importantly, on this weekend, a thank you to you. Serve this country... Uh, Dave Ross, uh, on a Veterans Day, we appreciate it. Thank you for everything you've done uh, for this country, man. And uh, obviously, we love having you on the team, oh, dude. Of UFC, but uh, a big weekend for you, and, and obviously so many others. I
7: really appreciate that, Tim. Look oh my that. God, look at that look that, at that that hard charger right there, Sean. If you saw that coming from the other <laughs> side, you just go down like Strahan and Favre. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to see. Okay. How much
5: did you weigh? First I weighed all, a 110 pounds. I mean, what was the
7: 110 pounds?
5: You yes. got into the Marines yes. weighing 110 pounds. 5'8",
7: 110. Oh, now, God. what happened was is when I signed up, I signed up. This is back in 1988, showing my age here. And they said, hey, K, okay, we're going to send you off to Paris Island. But when we send you off February 10th, you can't weigh less than 110. So I ate and ate and ate and ate and ate and ate. And got on the scale before I left, 110. So I was, you know, back then in the Marine Corps, I would have on my shirt, I'd have two lines on my shirt, which meant it was basically double chow. Whenever we went went to the chow hall, I'd eat double portions because they put on weight. And they put on so much weight when I got out of Paris Island, I weighed 121. I was huge.
6: (laughs) uh, South Point today has a special. Yes. If you're a veteran, you can bring you and a guest. Uh, The buffet is free. Uh, Secondly, uh, I'm going to get an attorney because the intake age was not 12. And that, there's no way he's older than 12 in that particular picture. 110 pounds. I'll tell
5: you guys. The in a... fact that you were brave enough at 110 pounds oh, to go into the Marine Corps. Like I was not, I mean, God, in college I was 220 and I wouldn't have gotten Tim, anywhere near the
4: Marines.
7: I thought I was going to be a Marine Corps boxer. I wanted to get on the boxing team. That's how delusional I was. Mm-hmm. Thinking that, okay, 110, 5'8", it's my last chance to be a pro athlete. The Marine Corps will toughen me up. They toughened me up, but my boxing skills did not get better. I <laughs> got to tell you guys one story. Okay, 1990, I'm in Saudi Arabia. Okay, in the Navy, we have their docks and chaplains. They come with us when we go to fight. And uh, the Navy doc comes up to me and he says, uh, hey, you know, I've been telling everybody, you guys know me, I've got an opinion. Buffalo Bills are going to beat the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. I am 1,000% sure Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, you, you name it. They're, the Giants just parcells That team's just not good enough. So I've run my yap for about two months, how they're going to win. We're in combat. The Navy doc comes up to me in the middle of combat, and he goes, hey, Ross, i got got to tell you something. I said, what's up? And he goes, uh, the Bills, uh, they won the Super Bowl. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, Giants missed a field goal. Bills won the Super Bowl. I went running up and down an active gun line going, I can't repeat what I said. I told all you bankety-banks that the Bills are going to win. And everybody's like, oh, like there he goes. And so – The war goes on. Months pass. Months. Months. And we're still in Saudi Arabia waiting after the war is over. So this is probably close to May. Mm -hmm. The same doc comes up to me. He goes, oh, Ross, I got to tell you something. I go, what's up? He goes, I got something wrong. I have forgotten what the previous conversation was at this point. He goes, oh. The Bills missed the field goal. The Giants won the Super Bowl. And I go, Doc, that's a very big piece of information to get incorrect. And that's why I don't trust the Navy to this day. <laughs> and never will. As a Marine, so I can't lay So you're going to lay
5: it with Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Screw the Navy.
7: I went three months believing the Buffalo Bills had won the Super Bowl. I know what it feels like, Bills fans, to believe that they actually won. It is unbelievable, and I could not believe he screwed that piece of information up.
6: It's unbelievable that there was a world that didn't have Twitter.
5: Yeah, I can you imagine? You went three months. I know you were in Saudi Arabia, but imagine even today going a day without knowing the Super Bowl outcome.
7: Probably closer to four. February, March, April, and I think it was closer so to May. So you went
5: around... How much? Oh, I was, was, I mean, you probably were Sean King peacocking it around for three months. Are so you, had, yeah,
7: and everybody's like, "He's just there." He goes, "Like, you know, did you want to be so right?" So what
5: did they do? So what did all your, uh, <laughs> all your platoon do? I just, once they found out, they that did. The, there that was the giants at one. There
7: was no blanket party, thank goodness. If you've seen Full Metal Jacket, you know what that is. I did not have that happen, but they they were just looking at me like, "Yeah, you got that one wrong again." And it, it was well, it it's was
6: crazy that no one else knew either. No,
7: nobody knew because we had Armed Forces Radio. But once you get into combat, like I'd listen to the playoffs leading up to it. Then there comes a, a shutoff date where it's time to take care of business. Wow. And even when you're in the rear with gear after it's all over, that I mean, that had and months a had passed. Yeah. You, you, you've forgotten about it. I had actually missed in 1990. That's when Syracuse as a two seed became the first two seed to lose to a 15. Richmond, Richmond beat Syracuse right. in 1990, Dick Tarrant. And uh, I never forget a letter I got from one of my best friend's mothers who wrote me during the war. I get this months later. I know you're in combat, but I still had to laugh when Syracuse lost to Richmond. <laughs> they knew it would pain me so much, but at least I didn't have to watch uh, Derek Coleman and company choking wow. to Richmond.
5: Man. Oh, man. It was a
7: different era before uh, we had social media. There's no doubt.
5: There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Months getting told in combat, hey. Oh,
7: I was so happy. I was like my dad, upstate New York, and I was just running up and down. I couldn't. I, was, I told all you guys, of course I was right. I heard Whitney Houston sang a great rendition of
6: the National Anthem. You know, I'll be honest. I didn't think Buffalo had fans at that point. (laughs) At that point? Yeah, being from the South, like... No. That might as well have been canceled. But who knew that would be the first of four? Four in a
7: row. I I mean, how much pain and suffering do you need for one fan base?
6: Well...
5: Can you hang out for two segments? Because we've already done. We've already wasted like six minutes. <laughs> Sorry, that's it
7: for the for the wartime yeah. stories. No, no, I, I love
5: them. <laughs> I, I love them. But uh, all right, let's jump into UFC yeah. two eighty one. Uh, it's a loaded card. Uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So I would imagine. Oh. This is going to be a phenomenal atmosphere at Madison Square Garden.
7: It will be. And every time they've held them, which remember, New York State was one of the last states to actually approve having uh, ultimate fighting come there. And now that they've embraced it, the fans have, too. Sure. So it's going to be electric. And whenever you have like, you know, Britton and I were talking about this, too, about fighters that have kind of mastered the art of not just winning, but putting on a show and doing so. Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, is one of those guys. It's the ring entrance. It's the way he carries himself as a champion. It's the press conferences, all those things. And then you look at what he's done recently. He's won the last three fights. They're born. But they're all by decision. Yeah, they're born. So you go, whoa, is, is he becoming a decision fighter, which is not necessarily something you want to have on your resume? I will say this. I don't know that we're to that stage with him. But Tim, it's something you and I talked a little bit before the show. Mm-hmm. Against Alex Pahara here in this main event, this is a guy that's beaten him twice. Izzy knows it. Pahara knows it. I think he's going to want to put on a show. When and, has
6: Pereira beaten him uh, twice kickboxing, right? in kickboxing? Oh, okay. And so this the is, only this is man the one to we've knock all out. wanted, right? This, okay. this, yes.
5: This is kind of that matchup we've been hearing about that he knocked him out, right? There's a video that's viral of him you know, kicking him in the temple, right, and well, knocking him right and out. And then he's hovering over.
7: Israel Adesanya, there's bad blood here. These two guys do not like each other. Adesanya wants payback, but I think he's such a smart fighter now at this stage of his career. We're talking about, arguably, right now, replacing Jon Jones as maybe the greatest champion the UFC's ever had. That's what we're talking about with Israel Adesanya. Only loss, of course, going up in weight when he lost to Jan Blachowicz at 205. Now back where he dominates at 185. Pajara had a bit of a tough weight cut. He did make it, but I do think that this might be one of those fights where Adesanya tries to get in the gas tank a little bit, and once he thinks that he has Pajara a little bit wounded and tired, he'll go for the kill. I actually like the under four and a half rounds in this fight because we know this is like a Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard for all those old-timers like me out there. Hands of stone when you're looking at Pajara. This guy just needs one. Mm -hmm. And if he gets one like he did Adesanya, he can put you out, right? So Izzy knows that. I think Izzy tries to wear him out early, stays in the outside, and then attacks late. Somebody's going out. I think Izzy will get it done, but I would not put it past Pajara. That's why I like the under
5: four. So of, of everything in the main event, Pajara against uh, Adesanya, the, your favorite play would be under 4.5. And, and it's
6: plus money, yep. plus a dollar five right now. Yeah, I was be- about to look it up now. That's yeah. what I was
5: doing. Yeah, plus one oh five at most books right now uh, on the under. Uh, let's look at some of the, uh, yeah. the other fights, uh, certainly some notable ones. We've got another – uh, title fight on the on the women's side. We've got Poirier back in the, mm-hmm. in the octagon. So uh, what what fight really jumps out to you? What's a play that you really like?
7: Claudia Puelas at plus money against the, the hangman, Dan Hooker. Look, Dan's going back up to 155. Apparently he looks good back at his old weight. But I think at a certain time, 32 against 25, father time is undefeated. I'm not saying Dan is done, but I think Puelas is a guy here. He's going to get those takedowns. And if he gets – Dan's got pretty good takedown defense, but – if he does get him down to the, to the ground, I think he's going to be fish out of the water there. Love the price, uh, plus price tag there for Puelas at plus 130 And i got to be honest with you, the diamond against Michael Chandler, I would play the under, and I know it's juiced a little bit there. Somebody's going to sleep here. And while I think that, that Chandler could be live, I think that this is going to be a chaotic round and a half, potentially at best at Madison Square. Could be the fight of the night. Play the under in that one. Somebody's going to sleep.
5: Yeah, one and a half, a little juice uh, to the over there. Yep.
7: First strike available now. Out. It's going to be out in about a half hour.
5: Beautiful. Make sure to check out First Strike full breakdown of UFC 281 and first and most importantly, thank you on a Veterans Day, Dave. Ross.
7: Appreciate you guys. Always great hanging out with you. I listen to uh, you guys argue on. You guys <laughs> argue on the car. I love it.
4: This is v Prime Time with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSN, the
5: sports betting network. College basketball has started, and now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide. At over 400 pages, it's the biggest betting guide ever, with odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis on every team. Our team of experts, that includes Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Newman's, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and breakdown of all 60 coaching changes since last year. The only way to get the guide is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just 99 bucks and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do all the way through the Super Bowl. Sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Thanks again to Dave Ross for jumping in on a, on a Veterans Day and giving us his favorite plays. Make sure to check out First Strike. Uh, That is out. uh, If it's not out now, it'll be out very shortly in your podcast feeds on YouTube, too, as well, right, Uh, Britain? Producer Britain? I think so. Uh, So make sure to check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We do have a college basketball game. We're watching uh, them warm up right now on an aircraft carrier in San Diego. And we've seen the total go down because of the wind. Uh, Sean, that is not deterring you.
6: You are. Leaning towards the yeah, Zags like, in this spot. I like the Zags in this spot. I do. I think uh, Michigan State is known as being a slow-starting team, a team that gets better as the season goes on. I don't think their big man, Bingham, is playing. So, uh, Drew Timmy, I mean, he's got to be, what, 35 and a half? <laughs> it's going up, though. I like it at 10. Now, I think it's up to all the way to 12. I just look. So, I'm not going to advocate taking it at that number, but I think Gonzaga's the far better team currently.
5: I wouldn't disagree. I, I just these aircraft carrier games—they're such a so unpredictable. It looks like the weather is beautiful there, light wind. Uh, we saw the, the total tick down. You know, as crazy as it sounds, I, I would lean over and just hope that no weird shenanigans happens. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be the way. Because I, I'll, I'll point this out, Sean, real quickly. So, and and it's early in the season, so you you can't take. Ken Palm and, and those types of sites at 100 percent gospel, but they base their numbers off this game being played in an arena. Mm-hmm. The total is 156, 82-74. Mm-hmm. The total is down to 141 at the Westgate Superbook. So, you know, this is a this is a Gonzaga team that is going to be up tempo like they always are. They've got a couple big time grad transfers that they added. So, yeah, I, I. I
6: Played, if anything, I would look up. I played three college basketball games today. I talked to my guy, Thomas Cassell, and he likes Bradley, he likes Penn, he likes West Virginia. So when, when you talk to me and I say, hey, I like Coppin State, did you play that? Well, I didn't have I didn't have the money in the account.
5: Oh, okay. And then last night I was like, hey, I like North Dakota State.
6: Yeah, I didn't have any money in the oh, account. Oh, okay. I told you I was trying to in game Panthers Falcons. Mm-hmm. So my uh, rollover play tonight is um, <laughs> is East Carolina. I think it's a good spot for East Carolina coming off a bye. They're playing at Cincy. Um, I parlayed it, I think, with the under in the Fresno game. I think UNLV's slightly better on defense than people think, and they're terrible on offense right now. Like They're just not very good, even though the Blumfield's backed. So I could easily see a, a 42-10 type of win for for Fresno tonight. I probably should have just took the nine points, but that number kind of is—it's f- a funny number, isn't it? Uh, like you—you you look at that number and you think UNLV should be getting more than nine points. Yeah. So that's why I kind of just took down the a little shot. bit too. Yeah. It was nine and a half. Uh, I, I left it alone.
5: So I—I I have played East Carolina, um, but that's not my rollover play tonight. I am actually attending the Fresno State UNLV game. Okay. So I have to have a bet on it, and I'm going with. Uh, Maybe a little square, uh, but Fresno State team total over 35 against UNLV. Uh, Jay Kaner is back. We were talking about this on the Vison College Football betting podcast. I don't know if there's a quarterback who means more to a spread in college football than Jay Kaner, just because of the drop-off, right, and the talent that's around them, it being a group. I mean, Fresno State is probably the second favorite. I think, no, they are. They're the second favorite to win the Mountain West right now. It's because Jay Hayner's back, and he has been impressive in his return. Threw for 394 against San Diego State last week in an easy performance against Hawaii. Yeah, they're and,
6: tied with San Jose State, too.
5: But they beat San Jose. That, I know,
6: on that side. Yeah,
5: so. so they beat San Jose State. So if they just win out, uh, they're they're going to the Mountain West Championship game, and they play UNLV Nevada, and they finish up against Wyoming. So... The numbers coming down though, as you see, down to eight and a half. So that's making me a little uneasy there. But uh, I just want some points, and uh, what I'm going to roll. Air
6: Force? Everybody was on Air Force. They before were a the year. I'm sitting at two and three in the conference, six and three overall. Some ugly, yeah.
5: Air, I don't know what happened to Air Force. Ugly losses. Um, so.
6: Wyoming, meanwhile, is number two. Yeah,
5: Craig Bowl, man. That dude knows how to coach, and uh, we'll see. So San Jose State and uh, their fans are certainly pulling hard for the Cowboys in the final game of the season against Fresno state. But as for tonight, we do have three college football games. And I, I think the East Carolina Cincinnati is fascinating to me. I think that line is sus- suspiciously short, uh, open seven down to four and a half. And uh, I think East Carolina certainly is live. I, 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 I agree. Uh, I rolled with uh, East
6: Carolina as well. So. Yeah. Uh, I bought it up to six. Cause that's just what I do. <laughs> um, So we'll see. I, I mean, I, Again, I like old quarterbacks. I mean, if the, if the if NCAA is going to allow guys at 25, 26, 35 years old to play. Hey. Hey, man.
5: Jay Kane year 24 years young.
6: Uh, Aylers, is it? Is it? Holden holding Aylers. Aylers? Yeah. I mean, he's been there. I mean, he was there when I got to USF in 2016. <laughs> it's 2022. <laughs> was he really? Yeah. Jeez. Man. <laughs> I think I really think. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. He might have been there with Jeff Blake. I'm gonna say you think he redshirted <laughs> Jeff Blake last year. Like Holton and has been there forever. <laughs> All
5: right. So we're pulling for East Carolina and points, uh, at least for Fresno points uh, at Allegiant Stadium tonight. Holt, uh, Jake Hayner touchdowns. So let's uh, let's make that happen. So uh, a decent card tonight when it comes to college football. Uh, we got a full slate tomorrow. Uh, we are going to chat more. About Show him your T-shirt, Sean. Show him that T-shirt. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me yeah. yeah. Look, at, look at that. Yeah. Mm. Tulane, baby. Uh, we're going to talk more Tulane football. Sean King, 1998, 12-0. His head coach, Tommy Bowden, he will join us. And shortly after you rang that Liger- Liberty Bell, he said, I'm out of here. I'm going to Clemson. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I wanted it. Actually, he didn't even go to the Liberty Bowl. Did he not coach the Liberty Bowl? He <laughs> no, was out already? He, he was out. <laughs> he was out. One of the greatest travesties in college football history occurred in that season.
5: That you didn't win conference yes, player of the yeah, year?
6: Yeah, I, I still took it. And listen, man, I, I, I for the life of me, don't. You won it your junior year? Yeah. I, I don't know. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I, <laughs> you finished 10th in the Heisman. And did not win conference You guys went
5: undefeated, won the conference, and Chris Redman. Who we beat. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. So I remember, what, 98, that same year, Ricky Williams won the Heisman. Yes. But he did not win. I think
6: Michael Bishop finished second. And Michael Bishop
5: won Big 12 Player of the Year. Yeah. But the reason he did, Kansas State won the conference. Right.
6: And Bishop was second in the Heisman. So, I mean, okay, I kind of get that a Michael little bit. Michael Bishop but. might have been one of my favorite college football players. I would love to actually oh, have somebody research who was on the committee that year for Conference USA.
5: That is the most amazing. I that is it. the most amazing nugget. <laughs> I don't want to say ever. but uh, the ever. fact, No, the fact, ever. Ever. <laughs> You won the award. Man, they really didn't want. It's like they thought it was the Heisman, and they just really wanted Archie Griffin to be the only back-to-back Heisman. And what
6: happened was we couldn't. I didn't even realize that I hadn't won it. I just took it. Okay, I know I got that. But Tommy had left. Uh, Rich Rodriguez was supposed to be named the new head coach at Tulane. And our current AD at the time, uh, Sandy Barber, she decided at the last second to go with Chris Selfo. So the day they were supposed to announce Rich Rodriguez, I'm in Rich's office with him. He's got his suit and everything, and he gets a phone call, and all of a sudden, he's like, I'm not getting a job. And so i like, what? So you got to think, this is happening like we beat BYU. This all happens like in the next four to five days. So, like, I'm distracted. You know, then it's Christmas break. You know, then I'm in the process of trying to hire an agent. I didn't realize I didn't actually win Commerce Player of the Year to, like, sometime... That next summer, I was like, hold up. I'm missing something. <laughs> it's like, what in the world?
5: <laughs> well, hopefully this year, Sean, it'll be... Uh... God's
6: got to right some wrongs that happen in this world, and that's one of them.
5: <laughs> well, Tulane right now uh, is a one-and-a-half or one-point favorite, depending on where you look. Mostly one-and-a-halves out there. Uh, so essentially a toss-up between UCF and Tulane, a total of 54-and-a-half. Before we hit a break, Sean, uh, what is your thoughts your breakdown of one of the just handful of matchups between top 25 teams this weekend.
6: I love what Tulane's doing on defense. Um, I actually hope Plumlee plays for UCF. I think he's a lot more one dimensional even though he's dynamic as a runner. He doesn't throw the ball consistently. I think Mikey Keane presents more of a dual threat. So I'm hoping that it's Plumlee. Uh, we got to figure out how to score in the red zone. They got a really good red zone defense. I think Tulane wins a low scoring game.
5: All right. Sean King, the pride of Tulane, his former coach, Tommy Bowden, will join us next. First time since 1949, to ranked teams going head-to-head at Tulane.
0: If you dare.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the sports betting network.
5: Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification, eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambling Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It is VEASAN Prime Time here on a Football Friday. That gentleman right there led the Two Lane Green Wave in 1998 to a 12 0 season. Name is Sean King. He's my co-host. I'm Tim Murray. And his head coach that year, Tommy Bowden, joins us right now. Uh, it is great to have you two together chatting again. The last time, we surprised you, Sean. We did. You got inducted into the Greater New Orleans <laughs> Hall of Fame down there. Uh, and uh, this weekend, Coach, boy, I I, I just i am curious for both of you. Does it bring back some memories of 1998 seeing Tulane at this level of the rankings and uh, having a high-profile game like they have this weekend against UCF.
8: Yeah, it really does for me. You know, like I said, they've just they've had such hard time there and difficulty getting anything consistent going. They've had flashes of success, but nothing you know consistent. And to see them finally get to this level, uh, beating a quality team like Kansas State, which really jumps out at you, and then uh, to see them have you know, to be nationally ranked. And and just to hear their name in the conversation is uh,
6: kind of exciting again. I'm with you, Coach. Uh, Tim doesn't get my tempered enthusiasm because (laughs) I'm trying to get him to understand. I'm as excited as I've ever been, but I also know that if you don't finish the race – then no one will remember <laughs> where you were at midpoint. So I'm with you. I'm just – we still have UCF. We still have to go to Cincinnati, and then we have the conference championship game. Uh, great, Big fan of Willie Fritz. He's become a good friend of mine. So I'm pulling for the guys. I just need them to go ahead and finish this thing out. See,
8: Sean, I'm a – oh, yeah, you know, when you follow Tulane Close – I'm just really happy about eight wins. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're really getting greedy. You're getting greedy. Hey, you know how happy they are just
6: to have eight wins? <laughs> oh, I know you're right. And uh, They were
5: 2-10 and ten last year, by the way. I,
6: I do. I do. And exactly. it overshadows the fact that I think Coach Fritz has taken them to, I think, three bowl games. So, <laughs> this is a high-water mark for them. I hope they finish it out. I mean, uh, because I think it holds so much legitimacy, Coach, uh, Because this is the last year that I think the American Athletic that doesn't get a lot of national headlines, but it's been a really strong conference, and this is the last year of that conference as we know, because Central Florida, Houston, and um, Cincinnati Cincinnati leave for the Big Twelve next year. Yeah, and you're right. You
8: know, it, it is nice to have their name in the conversation now. It does mean a lot more if your name's in the conversation once the season's over, that's where I mean, that's where the, the big money is and uh they're headed like i say we we sure would like to see them win out but uh yeah they got some tough games coming up, but man they're really, really impressed with them
6: yeah and and they have a great defense, and that's the one thing you know at least in today's game you don't see a lot you see a lot of high powered offenses you see a, a lot of dual threat quarterbacks you see a lot of 40 to 41 type scores, you know, how rare is it for a team to have a defense like Tulane? And if you were the head coach, do you alter some of your in-game decisions knowing that you have a defense that's that good? Yeah, I really would. And I'm, I'm, I'm
8: really pleased that you brought them up first because when I watch them play, that's been the most impressive thing. They, you know, They tackle well. I mean, they really tackle well in space. They play hard. There's a lot of hats around the ball. The things that you need to do to be successful on defense, they they do. But the tackling has been real impressive. And, and it does, Sean, like you just kind of alluded to, And uh, it does give you some flexibility on offense, uh, knowing that you've got a either a weak defense or a strong defense, knowing that, yeah, I'm going to have to out, outscore people. I better take some chances. Or, listen, I can be a little more conservative. Me, let me get a couple first downs, change field position. I know my defense is going to give me the ball back. So, uh, yeah, it definitely changes offensive philosophy, uh, the strength of your defense.
5: Top 25 matchup in New Orleans tomorrow. Tulane taking on UCF, and we're talking to Sean's former coach, uh, Tommy Bowden, Tulane, Clemson. Coach, I'm curious to get your coaching perspective on this because UCF, uh, Gus Malzahn is not letting it known, and rightfully so. If you can have some sort of edge, you do so with their two quarterbacks. And Sean has talked about it a little bit this week, where Mikey Keene is more of a, a pocket passer, while John Reese Plumley is is more of the the mobile type of quarterback. So, put your yourself in Willie Fritz's shoes. How are you preparing for what feels like it could be either quarterback? You know, come Saturday afternoon.
8: Well, the, the running guy definitely gives you presents more problems for you. It just makes you be more discipline defensively in your rush lanes, you know if a guy doesn't move that good, you can give your defensive lineman a little more free uh uh freedom sometimes a three three way goes sometimes they got to be real lane conscious or rush conscious with a runner, so it gives you some freedom uh. Uh, Definitely, uh, you you might feel a little more comfortable playing zone if a guy can't run. If you blitz and the quarterback runs and breaks a tackle, he's gone for a long way. So it definitely, your defensive coordinator, uh, it gives him some problems depending on which one. He has to, I'm sure, monitor a game plan defensively based on the strengths of which one is going to show up. So I can understand Gus Malzahn holding his hand as long as he can
6: uh Tim also mentioned that uh, not only was he uh the former Tulane head coach and we refer to him as the great Tommy Bow not just Tommy Bowden.
5: <laughs> I preferred it by the way before you ask your question can I I, I, I want to know if coach knows this so coach do you know that in 1998 when you guys went undefeated um, and and of course Tommy coach you went on to to Clemson after that and Sean finished top 10 in the Heisman do you know that Sean didn't win Conference USA Player of the Year that year. Were you aware of that?
8: That I did not know.
5: Who How won? is that possible? <laughs> Chris <laughs> Redman. Look, I don't know Chris Redman. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. I'm sure he's very Aww, nice. Redman, yeah. But but you guys beat
8: Louisville. How head head that... competition. You know, head, head competition. My That's goodness.
6: Yeah, that's one of the greatest <laughs> tragedies in this uh, historic game of college football. I'll be Sorry, honest. I didn't mean
5: to. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to hijack the question. But look at those stats. No, coach. I, I,
8: that shocked. That shocks me. I did not. I guess maybe because I took off so quickly. But I did not know
5: that. Maybe the conference. Yeah, maybe the conference was mad at Coach. And, and Coach, I was trying to. Ex- <laughs> I
6: was trying to explain. I was trying to explain to Tim. I didn't realize I didn't win it. Because like you went to Clemson, and then you remember Coach Rodriguez was supposed to get the two-lane job, yeah, and then yeah, they gave it yeah. to Chris Self. And then it, it, I didn't realize it <laughs> until, until, until I was like, <laughs> like where's my award?
8: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I did not know that. That, that is amazing. I don't, I'm going to Google that just to make sure y'all.
6: <laughs> I would be remiss, though, if I didn't ask you this, because you were, as you mentioned, the head coach of Clemson. <laughs> Uh, Dabo, an assistant on your staff there coming off uh, a loss in conference, something they have not experienced uh, a lot in the last maybe seven, eight years. How do you think they respond versus a Louisville team that Scott Satterfield really has playing good football at this point?
8: You know, Sean, in the past, that was the an easy answer. I don't know if you remember a guy named Todd Boyd. They had Todd Boyd, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. I pretty much knew how they were going to respond. Uh, respond. I know what Dabo's telling him, uh, telling his team. I know how they'd like to respond. I just don't know if they have the same trigger puller to respond in a fashion with a quarterback like uh, uh, Louisville has that That can, he can take the game in his own hands, kind of like you did. So, uh, I, I, I don't know how they're going to respond. I think I know, and I think in the past I could tell you. But with the struggles that are happening, how much are they going to play the second-team guy? Does he deserve a chance to take the job? And a little inconsistencies at that position. So uh, uh, I, I, in the past I could tell you how I'm pretty sure that I know how they're going to respond. Now I know how they want to respond. I just don't know if they can.
6: Interesting question I have for you, and this is the last one I have because we got about a minute left, Coach. If the loser of Michigan, Ohio State, And Tennessee all in with one loss. TCU's undefeated. They're in. Georgia is undefeated. They're in. The winner of the Ohio State Michigan game is in. Who gets the fourth spot in the college football playoff? Is it a one-loss Tennessee or a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State?
8: I, I think it'll be a one-loss Tennessee myself, just uh, uh, over, over one of the big 10 teams. I just think uh, at the end of the year, I think if you go to the overall strength of the conference, I think it's going to slightly lean toward the SEC. There's some, still some football to be, to be played to, over, to determine overall strength of conference, strength of schedule. But I think it's going to lean toward the SEC, and I, I, I think a one-loss uh, – Tennessee. That's what you said. One loss, Tennessee, didn't you?
5: Yeah, yeah. And most importantly, yeah. uh, coach.
6: Great stuff. We coach. hope
5: that it is a one-loss, two-lane in a ball. New Year's Six Bowl. Thank you very much, coach. <laughs> Always great chatting with you.
6: Hey, appreciate. It. Good
8: luck. Thank y'all.
5: There's Sean's former coach, the great Tommy Bowden.